I'm Lynn Wolf, and welcome to this edition of our Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series, the UTV Buying Experience, which dealerships do it better and why. Listen in on our discussion with Fran O'Hagan, the president and CEO of Pied Piper Management Company. The company develops and runs measurement improvement programs to maximize the performance of retail networks. Pied Piper recently released the first of its kind Prospect Satisfaction Index, or PSI, for the UTV industry. I encourage you to subscribe to this series, which is currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. You will then receive an alert about upcoming episodes when they are released. Thank you to Yanmar for bringing us this podcast. Don't settle for less when you can have more. Yanmar makes all its compact tractors major drivetrain components all in-house. Customers get a hardworking machine with more usable horsepower, less power loss, and a smoother, more comfortable ride. Strengthen your dealership today with Yanmar. Email them at agmarketing at yanmar.com or call 770-877-9894. The 2018 Pied Piper Prospect Satisfaction Index, or PSI, for the U.S. UTV industry recently measured the treatment of UTV shoppers who visited a dealership with rankings determined by the Pied Piper PSI process, which ties mystery shopping measurements and scoring to sales success. In the 2018 survey, BRP's Can-Am brand ranked number one among 19 manufacturers, with Kawasaki and Honda ranking second and third. Listen in on our discussion with Fran O'Hagan about the data and his analysis of what it means for dealers. I started Pied Piper back in 2003 with an objective to do what I loved, which was to help manufacturers and brands figure out how to improve the performance of their dealer networks and the retailers. So that's what we've been doing. And the auto and motorcycle manufacturers in particular beat a path to our door because as it turned out, what we had to offer really worked. But the way that we have ended up putting a foot into the OPE market is through the UTV industry. And, you know, I find it fascinating to see how these two industries that really haven't had a whole lot to do with each other over the years are all of a sudden finding themselves competing for the same customer. So in any event, what I found fascinating is the approach that the OPE brands have had to their customers and to selling products is very, very different from the approach the power sports industry has had. And I would argue that the OPE dealers think of their customers as somebody who they will have a long relationship with. They will sell tens of thousands of dollars of products to this person over many years and service is just as important as selling the unit to begin with. And I would say that part of the reason for that is that the products are used for work and it's not acceptable for a product to be in a shop somewhere waiting for parts for three weeks in the middle of when it should be out earning its keep for work. This idea of how the two kinds of industries service the customer differently, was that information gathered through the regular survey methods that you do as part of the satisfaction index, or did you gather in other ways, like going out and talking to dealers and customers? So when we first enter an industry, we do quite a lot of research ourselves. 
when it came to the UTVs, we spent about six months visiting dealerships all over the country, selling all kinds of different brands, interviewing salespeople that had been identified as good salespeople or factory executives, and coming up with you know what I will call our straw man hypothesis for potential sales behaviors that might be important. And then we use mystery shoppers, our own mystery shoppers, to see if it's something that we can measure. And then we tie those sales behaviors that we measure to manufacturer KPIs, manufacturer measurements such as sales or change in sales or market share or average retained gross profit. And what we're doing is tying sales behaviors by dealers to sales success. So in other words, we're able to say dealers who outperform other dealers tend to exhibit these behaviors. And if we do this over and over and over again with hundreds of different dealerships, all of a sudden the factual measurements that are important bubble up to the top. And we are able to see, hey, this is something that appears to be directly related to sales success. And this other behavior, although we thought it might be important, as it turns out, not related to sales success. That leaves us with some quantity of measurements. And for UTVs, it's a little over 60. We weight each of those measurements where cumulatively it generates a score between 50 and 150. Minimum is 50, maximum is 150. And we set the industry average mathematically to 100. And then we let it float. So, you know, 10 years later, the industry average could be 110 or it could be 90. So we still use mystery shoppers to generate PSI measurements, but we're not at all interested in the mystery shopper's opinion. To us, a mystery shopper is just an actor going through the motions who is measuring factually, did this behavior happen or did it not? That's all that we're interested in. So that's what we measure. We'll rejoin the discussion, but I did want to take a moment and again thank our sponsor, Yanmar, for making this program possible. Yanmar continuously strives to exceed customer expectations and deliver exceptional lifetime value. Visit them at yanmartractor.com backslash new dealer inquiry. So far in this podcast, Fran O'Hagan of Pied Piper Management Company has talked about the different views that OPE and power sports dealers have about customer relationships and how the two industries can learn from each other. He also shared how his company used their mystery shopper approach to come up with 60 UTV sales behaviors that contribute to success. Let's get back to the discussion to see how the top scoring brands use these behaviors to outperform the competition. But you know, I, I would argue that the power sports industry could learn quite a lot from the outdoor power equipment dealers, but the opposite is true as well. I would say that the outdoor power equipment dealers could pick up some pointers from power sports. So maybe the best of both industries would be the ideal. You know, BRP is the decathlete 
BRP is the brand that tends to do well across the board. They may not be the top brand for every measurement, but they tend to have a process that they follow. So the process, is that related to the buying experience that is so important? It is. So if a manufacturer wants to work with Pied Piper, so a manufacturer hires Pied Piper to provide ongoing PSI mystery shops to help their retailers sell more product. Our advice to the manufacturer is that the retailers are the ones who need to have a sales process written down, you know, in writing, a very simple sales process that their salespeople follow. In other words, we're not a proponent of having the dealers sell the Pied Piper way or the BRP way. We want each dealer to take responsibility for their own sales process. In other words, this is how I sell UTVs in Florida. This is what works for me, or this is how I sell UTVs in San Diego or in Oklahoma, wherever. And I'm talking about something that's maybe three to five steps, something that's easy for salespeople to remember. And we want the dealership to say to the sales team, hey, if a customer is willing to spend time with us, these are the five things that we will always do. And for example, if it were O'Hagan Motors, here are five. So the first is sell myself as a salesperson. And by that, I mean, I will make a positive first impression. I'll build rapport with the customer. I won't say to the customer, how can I help you? I'll say to the customer, hey, I see you drove up in that F-350 dually. You have to tow something with that, right? And then all of a sudden, we're just two people talking. So that's the first, sell myself. I'll sell the dealership. And by that, I mean, I'll ask the customer, why is it that they're at my dealership? And then I will tell the customer, hey, you've come to the right place and this is why. So I've just sold my dealership. And then I'll sell the product, which is involve the customer in the product. I've already figured out why the customer's there, what's important to them. Now I'll use product features and benefits to make a case for this product. So that's three. And then the fourth is I'll ask for the sale. And that depends upon what it is that I'm selling, who I am, who my customer is, where my dealership's located. It may be very overtly asking for the sale, or it may be the softest of soft closes. But in one way or another, I'm going to make it clear that I'm not a museum curator, that I actually do want to help the customer buy the product. So that's the fourth one. And then the fifth one is, remember what we said about eight customers and 10 are going to walk back out the door without buying. So that means that it's very important for me to get contact information, to be able to follow up, to be helpful. So the fifth step is to make sure that I have contact information to be able to follow up. So that took us maybe a minute or two. And that's an example of five steps. Now, one thing we look at a lot is the idea of brand and how the customers are coming into the store because they've done research on the brands themselves. So in that process that you talked about, where would that brand discussion reside? So that would be the second step where I'm fact-finding. 
I'm figuring out why the customer is in my dealership. Because to your point, maybe they've owned three products, same brand already. Or alternatively, maybe this is the first time. Maybe they learned about the product, you know, this brand from a neighbor. And it's the first time that they've shopped for it themselves. So yes, in that second, that fact-finding step, very important to learn about that. Okay. And then you had mentioned about Can-Am being the decathlete, and that was an interesting description. So what about the difference between that top ranking and then the second and third? So Kawasaki was second and Honda ranked third. Sure. You know, it's interesting to look at something like test drives. So Honda, for example, 38% of the time, Honda salespeople offer a test drive on the spot. BRP was only 22% and Kawasaki was only 21%. So, you know, big difference there, but you figure that more than 60 different measurements. So there's some where BRP is going to be all the way at the top and there are others where Kawasaki will be all the way at the top, but it's only the weighted average across all 60 that generates those final scores. So of those 60 measurements, what would be some others that would really improve a ranking? What we don't do is share the specific weightings, but I can give you some other examples of ones that are important. So we talked about asking for the sale and we measure half a dozen different measurements that are all in the category, I will say, of asking for the sale. One of them is suggesting going through the numbers or writing up a deal. And another one is sitting down at a desk. But if we look specifically about suggesting going through the numbers or writing up a deal, just to give you an example of the difference from brand to brand, the Bobcat dealerships, the salespeople encourage going through the numbers or writing up a deal 59% of the time. And if I contrast that to Toro dealers, 27% of the time, or in other words, you know, one out of two compared to one out of four of customers who walk through the door. Any other examples you can share regarding, you know, Can-Am, Kawasaki and Honda, where they really stood apart from the rest of the brands that you measured? Here's an example. So encouraging the customer to sit inside the vehicle. I mean, it seems like it would be pretty basic. For BRP, that happens two-thirds of the time. Three shoppers walk through the door. Two of them are encouraged to sit inside. If I compare that to Cub Cadet, one-third of the time, three customers walk in, one is encouraged to sit in. And, you know, I should make an important point. We're talking about averages here. So if a brand has, you know, 500 dealers, there may be 50 or 80 of those 500 dealers that are just exceptional. You know, using our PSI scoring, they might score a 130 or a 140. But similarly, there may be 75 or 80 out of the 500 dealers who do very poorly. They might score 50s or 60s. So we're talking about averages for the brand. You also said in the release about the survey, the difficulty with being a UTV buyer today. Can you explain more about your statement? Yes. So, you know, there's some products where it's very easy to research them. It's very easy to figure out what are the different brands that offer this product? What are the strengths and weaknesses of the products from brand to brand? And then where can I buy the product? If you want to buy 
you know, a car, let's say, there are third-party websites that analyze the cars exhaustively. For the UTV market, that just is not the case. There's some brands that do a very good job of selling their products and giving reasons why to buy from them. But there are other brands where UTVs are sort of an afterthought. Their primary products are something else. And it's difficult to find product information about their UTVs. And what's more, if you try to figure out which of their dealerships sell UTVs, that can be extremely difficult to do too, or even misleading. You know, you'll go to their website and say, hey, I want to find the closest dealer. And maybe it allows me to search for their closest UTV selling dealer. And maybe it doesn't. But even if it does, if you call that dealer, you're likely to get somebody who says, oh, we don't carry UTVs. And our dealers are also looking at learning more about how to sell accessories for UTVs. Did you look at that as well in the survey? We did. We found actually when we were doing our research that if a dealership has a vehicle with accessories you know, on the vehicle displayed, it actually increases vehicle sales as well as accessory sales. And there's quite a big difference in behavior from brand to brand. There's some brands that focus a lot of attention on accessories and other brands that do not. So in terms of the idea of the brands or the manufacturers, you know, trying to improve the buying experience and really work with their dealers, you know, what advice would you give to the manufacturers about how they might improve their rankings? So remember what we said about, hey, if we have 500 dealers, there are maybe 70 or 80 that do really well, but then there are some quantity, you know, 100, 150 that really do poorly. The way to improve the overall network performance is to focus attention on the dealers who are really doing a poor job today. And I would say even further to that, focus on the dealers who are doing a poor job today who are looking to improve. In other words, some locations may be happy with doing what they're doing, but other ones may be putting their hand in the air and saying, hey, what is it that I can do to become more successful, to sell more UTVs at a higher profit with more loyal customers. And improving those poor performing dealers is the key to improving a brand's score. So if an individual dealer wanted to work on improving their how they work with UTV buyers, can they use some of your services to do some of their measurements? They can. So our business model is helping the brands and manufacturers. That's what we do. But almost 15 years ago, we had dealers contacting us saying, hey, we have been introduced to you through brand A, but we sell brand B, C, and D also, and we want to use your services to measure how effectively we're selling all these brands, and maybe at different locations. So we created a web application where dealerships can go to the web application and order PSI Mystery Shops online and pay for it with a credit card. So we allow that. Good. Anything else that our dealers need to know about this particular survey? So one of the things that we find fascinating is what happens when a customer walks through the door of a multi-line dealership asking about a specific brand of UTV, and they run into a salesperson who says, oh, that's interesting, but have you considered this brand instead? 
So we measure that. We measure for every brand, how often do the salespeople try to pitch a different brand instead? And for the UTV market, the math is all over the place. Let me see if I can find an example for you. Here we go. So for a brand like Textron or CF Moto or Yamaha, more than 25% of the time, customers coming in saying, hey, I'm interested in this Textron UTV, the salespeople tried to sell them another brand instead. We don't allow our mystery shoppers to go down that route, but we make a note of it. In other words, the mystery shopper would say, no, I'm interested in the Textron, but we make a note of it. And the opposite of that, Bobcat, John Deere, and Mahindra, less than 10% of the time. And part of that, of course, is that for many locations, for Bobcat or John Deere, they don't have other brands. Maybe they have used ones, but it's really more of an issue at the multi-line dealerships. Thank you again to Fran O'Hagan of Pied Piper Management Company for breaking down the results of the 2018 Pied Piper Prospect Satisfaction Index for UTVs. He shared that some brands sell UTVs very well, but for others, UTVs are an afterthought. This can make it difficult for UTV shoppers and lead to an unsatisfactory shopping experience. He advises that dealers have a very simple sales process, such as these steps. Number one, build rapport, sell yourself. Two, ask about the customer, sell the dealership. Three, involve the customer, sell the product. Four, move from learning to buying, ask for the sale. And number five, get contact information and follow up. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Yanmar, for helping make this Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series possible. And please share your feedback on today's program by sending me an email to lwolf at lessetermedia.com or call me at 316-648-3717. You can keep up on the latest rural equipment news and trends by registering online for our e-newsletter and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Stay tuned for additional podcasts from our experts and dealers. From all of us at Rural Lifestyle Dealer, I'm Lynn Wolf, and thanks for listening.